What's up, everybody, and welcome back to Jeremiah Wonders. Thank you so much for coming back, liking, commenting, subscribing. All that stuff helps. The merch support. Watch my special on Amazon Prime. I appreciate you guys so much. Ali Mikofsky is on the show today. We had a lot of fun riffing, catching up, singing. There's a lot of good stuff in this episode. Without further ado, you guys are going to enjoy Ali Mikofsky on Jeremiah Wonders. Thanks for being here. Happy to be here. In in person, in the fresh, in the fresh, in the fresh, in the fresh, in the fresh. Feeling fresh, Ali Mikofsky. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I just ate a lot of Jack in the Box. What did you get at Jack in the Box? Because I saw you come in with, it was a little bit of a statement to be honest. You came in with a huge. What size is that? Oh, this is only a medium. Are you serious? I thought about going large and I was like, tone it down. You're going on a podcast. Isn't it embarrassing sometimes when you do go for a large at a fast food restaurant and you're like, I feel confident about this choice, but then it doesn't fit in a cup holder. Oh, yeah. And then you just feel so gross. You're like, am I the problem or is my car manufacturer the problem? <laughs> yeah. Do I need to talk to Hyundai is right now? Is it me or Kia? Yeah, yeah exactly. But I thought the Kia had soul. Like, what's going on here? No soul in that no car. No soul in that Once car. Once you put Jack in the Box in the passenger seat with the seatbelt on, the soul has left the automobile. It's left. It's oh, done. Yeah. But, the, you know, these these fast food companies, they know what they're doing because they have the little, they have the slim, thick drink cups now. So at the bottom, it's real nice and tight. Yeah. And then it really gets nice and juicy up at top. That's how I like things. Thin at the base and then just huge at the top. Like every PE teacher. Yep. The PE teachers always have the tiniest legs, oh, like yeah. calves, and then just ripped. Just huge. They look like a flipped upside down traffic cone. Do you remember your your uh, PE teacher's name? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. What, what was their name? Uh, guy or girl? Uh, girl. Okay. Well, I had a couple, but I have one that stands out. It was uh, Miss Navarro, I think. Oh, Miss Navarro, 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 like I don't know. like Dave Navarro, yeah, like yes, yeah. She was also in the Foo Fighters. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, she did have kind of a she did have a Foo Fighters haircut though, a little Dave Grohl. Wait, who's Dave Navarro? I wasn't gonna mention it, but he's yeah. Not no, I Foo realized Fighters. quickly that I fucked up because <laughs> as soon as I said Dave Grohl, I'm like different. Yeah. Wait, Dave Navarro, don't tell me. Did he have a reality show at one point? I believe so. Yeah. And was he married to Carmen Electra? No. Yeah, I think you're thinking of Tommy Lee and Pamela no, Anderson. No, no. No? I'm thinking of, uh, he has long hair, wears eyeliner. Dave Navarro. It's probably- can, I, can I do a quick- Do a quick goog. Quick do a quick goog. goog. Look, do a quick goog. Shout out to Mark Norman. Gotta yep. do a goog. Gotta do a goog. Can you do a, can you do a Mark Norman impression? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Dave Navarro. He had a reality show with Carmen Electra. Oh, well, you were dead on then. I was, minus the Foo Fighters. Carmen part. Electra from Good Burger? I think so. Carmen Electra from Foo Fighters? <laughs> Carmen the drummer, Taylor? Carmen Electra was everything to me in Good Burger. I was like, who is this woman? And then I found out it was Carmen Electra later on. Yeah, smoke show. Yep. Real smoke show. Mm -hmm. I miss, I was just watching some old reality television I miss like old school 2005 reality shows. Like Brett Michaels and stuff like that? 
Yeah, Rock of Love, but mm-hmm. I just remembered this one show that was on MTV. It was called The 70s House. The 70s House. I don't know if I remember that it's one. It's the worst concept for a reality show. <laughs> what what is the concept? I don't remember it at all. <coughs> Carm or not Natasha Legero actually was like one of the hosts on it. Really? Yeah, and the whole the, first of all the comp- the the prize sucks. You get like a Europe trip and also like some like com- PC games. Some of those game shows have horrible prizes, and people are like stoked. I think just to be on TV more than anything. But 100%. like you look back at some of the prizes, and you're like, that wasn't even that good. And the like, <laughs> like as an adult, you start processing. You're like, I mean, the taxes alone that you'd have to pay on that gift. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't know if I'd. Well, Andrew, like, am I really trying to, like, do this competition for a PC computer? Yeah. Like, do I really want to... The point of the 70s house show, whatever it is, everyone just has to pretend like they're in the 70s. They're in this house. There's no modern technology. They have to get rid of all their clothes that are modern, all their makeup, hair care products. Everything they eat has to be, like, 70s games or 70s. Everything's 70s. The lingo, they can't say, like, what up? They have to be, like... Howdy, or I don't know how people talk in the seventies, but if 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 they're caught slipping, they're booted. Wow, I don't remember the show. I've been rewatching it it's on YouTube. It's on YouTube. Oh yeah. Is that? Do you go in deep dives on YouTube? Always. I have and, so and then many you realize tabs like, open. How did I get here? Oh yeah, it's dark. I call it a YouTube K hole. My buddy uh, would send me links to videos, bizarre videos. And they would have 38 views. And I'm like, dude, how did you find this? He goes, I don't know, man. I went down a rabbit hole and I thought you would enjoy this video. I was like, it has 38 views. How are you one of the people that found that? Yeah, you're like, this is a decapitation video. I don't want this. (laughs) Yeah. That's why I like TikTok because the rabbit hole is just provided for you. The whole thing is a rabbit hole. Yeah. Well, I know people who scroll on TikTok or they just watch it. For hours and hours. Oh, yeah. Because it's easy to get sucked in on something like that when it's just like, here you go. Here you go. What about this? No, you don't like that? We're going to fix this until you like every single video that's being thrown your way. Well, that's my favorite because every once in a while, most of the time, I always get phlegmy after I eat a big meal. Does that happen to you? No one I know gets phlegmy. Uh, I get phlegmy after pasta. Oh, interesting. I get phlegmy after anything. Really? Anything? Yeah. If I have like a like a decent sized meal afterwards, I'm always. What if it's something like uh, that's uh, dry? Do you still get phlegmy? I guess not. I guess it has to have a little bit of some some sauce some to juices, it. some yeah. sauce. Because some... I get phlegmy after salad, after Jack in the Box. A wet you, know, you know my two staples: salad, Jack in the Box, it wet is. burritos. Yeah. I do love salads. I mean, I had more on the latter side of Jack in the Box, uh, and there used to be a Jack in the Box right by where I lived, and I, I mean, would go there to that. Still is. I mean, they're everywhere. I just want. But uh, oh, you went to the one. Okay, mm-hmm. all right. Mm-hmm. I see you. I haven't been to that one yet. And the girl at the drive-through, her makeup was so good. I love seeing like attractive people at drive-throughs because it makes me feel like if. Comedy doesn't work out. At least I can be a cute little jack-in-the-box girl. I mean, I think that the music video that T.I. made, whatever you like, I don't know if you've seen that music video or not, I think it's every fast food employee's dream who works there. It's a pretty girl who's working at a chicken joint, and uh, T.I. comes in and gives her like a $100 bill that says keep the change and his numbers on it or Ooh. whatever. And then she calls him and then 
she's on like private jets and stuff with him and he just takes her everywhere and then like uh you know it goes back to the end of the video (laughs) it was one of those things that it never happened like it was all just like in her head the entire time yeah that was like me working at any food service job i had anytime someone came in the last food service job i had if people came in and they were using those like heavy black cards where you like know that they're important oh they're they're i used to get them at starbucks all the time where they sometimes wouldn't swipe because they mm. were so sharp. Mm. Yeah, they're they're dangerous. They're Those thick. are weapons. Oh yeah. no, you could easily if you really gripped it. They're heavy. Throat slit, blood everywhere. Yeah, yeah. you're catching an artery on that thick mm-hmm. card. Mm-hmm. I would always uh, swipe their card for them so I could see what their name was, and then I would Google them. Did you get any successful results? <clears throat> there was one. <laughs> there was one. Let's just say uh, after I swiped, there was some phlegm in my mouth. <laughs> there was a lot of phlegm. <laughs> a lot of phlegm. And uh, no, there was one guy who was related to a celebrity. I guess he's kind of a celebrity, but not well known. But he would come in all the time. And then it felt weird because I felt like I already knew this side of him that I never told him like, hey, I know who your family is. But me and him became friends because he would come in all the time. And then I would like run into him when I was babysitting because yeah. he had kids. So then I'd like see him at the park, which was always weird because I'm like, hey, I give you chicken. I worked at a chicken joint. I'm like T.I. T.I.'s a little bay. I went there one time and visited you with uh, Rick Cossack. <gasps> yes. Mm-hmm. yes. That was a long time ago. That was great. I loved that job. I mean, that food was really good there. So good. Shout out to Love Baked Wings on Melrose Avenue. Love Baked Wings. My favorite food service job. Did they hook you up? Would you get as much food as you wanted while while you worked there kind of thing? Or did they give you like discounted meals? No, I got got hooked up. Heck yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got hooked up. I became homies with everyone in the kitchen because I speak poquito espanol. Mm. So I'd be like, what's up? Yeah. Que pasa? Yeah, Chico Blanco. Si. Si. They call me La Huera. What is that? Just like like little white girl. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. It's like a term of endearment, si. but also like a put down. Sure, it's sure. It's like know your place. But also it's like, hey. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. So the wings, can I get some? Uh, great, thank you. Yeah. I mean, that's what I would do at the comedy store for years. I would just hook up the, the cooks with some tip money and... They'd hook it up with fries and chicken and whatever. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of meals for me. A lot of late night meals where I'd be too hungry to go somewhere before my spot. And I didn't want to leave. Like, I was like, am I going to go up or is somebody else going to swoop in last minute and, and go on at their actual time? Or I don't know. And it's stressful because I, when I was working there, I would order food. But then by the time it gets there, you're like in the middle of doing something yeah. and the timing never works out. And then you have like a big bowl of mac and cheese and you're like, I'll take out the trash in a second. <laughs> I'm like a raccoon. Just yeah. Mac and cheese all I've got garbage head. hands right now. Can I just, can I eat this mac and cheese real quick? Yeah. How long did you work at the store for? <laughs> I think like six months. Six months. Yeah. I was going to so. say it wasn't like that tremendously long. No, because I, so I think Adam had offered me a job a while before I actually started working there mm-hmm. because I'd, I'd been interested in working there. I really wanted to get a job there. And then by the time that it came up, I felt like I wasn't ready to work there just in terms of like my 
past experience working places. I was just such a shitty employee. You didn't want to mess it up because it's an important place. Yes. And so I didn't want to go there, be a really bad employee, and then that have me being a bad employee affect me as a stand-up comedian. I've seen it happen to multiple people where so they get fired from the store and then it's like, uh, you kind of screwed your path there. Yes. Yeah. Like, so because I'm, now people look at you as a bad employee. They don't see the funny comic. You're just that dick who screwed them over. Yeah. And I was already like friends with all the door guys. So I'm like, I don't want that to change either, where yeah. they're like, oh, Allie's lazy or Allie isn't like, a, you know, like shows up late, you know, selfish, whatever. So then <laughs> she's the worst human being ever. Yeah. I <laughs> Can't hate her. Stand her. Yeah. She should die. So I didn't take the job at the time. And then when I was finally ready to take the job, I felt like comedy started picking up for me but not enough to the point where I was like I don't need a job well I remember when you were starting to go on the road a little bit more uh with some different comics and while you were still working at the store and I feel like that was a very interesting kind of transitionary phase for you just because <laughs> you were doing stadiums on the weekends <laughs> yeah and and then you were, you know, coming back to the comedy store and, you know, doing certain taking jobs there, trash, taking out trash, like cleaning up bathrooms, cheese. you know, stuff like that. So how did you kind of balance that in your head, like to not like, uh, like let it get to your head while it was going on? Well, I knew I really wanted to work there and I wanted to kind of be a part of the comedy store in a different way than just because I, I had been going there since before I was even allowed to go there. You know, I was like 19 going to the comedy store. I remember, yeah. And so, and also I was like drinking there, which they could have gotten in a lot of trouble for. So in a way, I wanted to like work there almost, this sounds corny or weird, but it was almost like I wanted to like give back because I felt like the comedy store had already given me so much. And yeah. I felt like it was such a special place that I wanted to be a part of its history in a different way than just hanging out there and like doing random shows. Sure. So I got the job, but yeah, I was like at a weird place where after I got the job, then I started going on the road with these comedians who I looked up to and then doing like bigger shows. And like, I just, I didn't, I didn't think that I was better than working there when doing that. Yeah. It was a funny like juxtaposition of like flying out with, you know, Joe doing an yeah. arena in front of 10,000 people, like staying at a nice hotel and just like getting the coolest experience ever, like literally living my dream. Yeah. And then going to the comedy store like the next Monday, taking out the trash and stuff. But I was like, I, I haven't made it like this is a very cool experience, mm -hmm. but just because I got to do that doesn't mean I've like made it in any way. It's just like part. Part of that, that, that cool journey. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember that I'd be going in early to like to set up for stand up on the spot and stuff. And then you would be like setting up chairs in the belly room yeah. like for the show. And I was like, how's your weekend? Like that look like like because, you know, on Instagram and stuff, we see little snippets and stuff. And I was like, look pretty crazy. You're like, yeah, and it was a good time. But like you've always been like, like it was a good time, but I'm back here now. And it's a good attitude to have, I think, like in general with. I've been out here now like over 11 years. I came out here in 2009, so coming up on 12 years of summer. But um that's uh that's something that I've I uh have benefited from is not ever trying to get too far ahead of myself. I mean, it's happened before over the years for sure. Like yeah. I think it naturally happens to anybody when 
you're thinking certain things are going to happen. You're like, oh, this is the thing. And then you're like, oh, no, not yet. Okay, I need to chill. Like, be grateful for what's going on and then kind of keep on going. And I think having been at the comedy store since I started and getting to see other people do those types of things where they start to go on the road or they start becoming the headliners, things like that. I think even though it had only happened to me within like five years, I still had enough time to see like, I think early on I would get really excited about like doing a guest spot at the Brea Improv for one of my friends. And there's like 30 people in the audience, but it's like my first real club set. Yeah. And like, you know, now that I look back, I didn't mean to, but like with my friends, I'd be like, I'm going to be a Brea. And like, I'd be posting all about it and kind of being like annoying about it. And so now I try not to be, because then other people get things or that's not good enough and, you know, whatever. I try not to make anything too big of a deal. Yeah. Because you see it happen to other people where they, like, get super fired up and, like, you start to be like, damn, like, am I supposed to, like, is that what I want? Or, like, am I supposed to do that? And then, I don't know, I think it's better to just kind of be a little bit more low-key about it. I agree with you. A hundred percent. To comment on that as well, I would say some advice that I would give to younger comics, because this is something that I did all the time. If somebody that I looked up to or respected would ask me when we were at the clubs, like, hey, Jeremiah, how you doing? I would start foaming at the mouth of all the things that I was doing mm. Comedy wise. Yeah. I just hit this mic, I just did this, all all this stuff because I wanted to prove to them that I was working. Yeah. Where that's not what they were asking. Yeah. They're trying to get to know you as a person. They're not like wanting to hear how many spots you're doing. They're not want they they've been through the grind. Yeah. They like and if you're doing the grind, people know it. They know, yeah. That you don't need to tell people. Like they, they see it. It's it's more like the actions speak louder than words. It mm-hmm. goes back to something that easy, but that's something that I was guilty of for years and years until I even realized like it, like later on when I started asking comics a couple of years ago, casually I'd ask them and then they were telling me, I was like, oh, this is freaking annoying. Yeah. Because it's, it's a desperation thing. It, it's, it's trying to prove like, hey, I belong here. I belong here. I belong here. But if you belong there, like people know, yeah. like, like you, they get it. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, no. This person's funny. Yeah. You're you're chill, dude. It's all good. Yeah. That's also the cool thing about working. I mean, it's it's the pros and cons of working at the comedy store. It's like you do get to talk to comedians that are, you know, more successful in a way that's different than just the average person hanging out doing mics at the comedy store. But at mm-hmm. the same time, you're also in work uniform, you know, talk. It feels different in a good way and in a bad way but I feel like there was one time when Mark Marin was about to go on in the main room and I love Mark Marin, and uh and I'm not the type of person who just like goes up to comics and tries to be like what's going on but because I was in the uniform you know I'm supposed to be standing in that spot where he was standing like waiting to go up so I'm just like there and then I got to like ask him a question and then it like led into this whole you know, we were having a conversation. He had just done the Joker, so we were talking about that. And it was just so cool because I felt like there was no other scenario where I could have, like, approached him in that way and had that conversation. Yeah, there's got to be definitely more of a safe feeling for comics with employees. I mean, I I definitely 
feel it if they're if they're at the store they it's like they've already they already have the seal of approval not that i'm even i'm a pretty approachable guy so i'm usually down to talk to anybody but it does add a little extra comfort if like if they're working there it's like oh i'm gonna be seeing them all the time you know yeah i don't know yeah (laughs) i'm glad i don't work there anymore though oh yeah but then i i stopped because i felt like um like luckily things were picking up more so in a way where I'm like, I don't want to be the employee now who calls out all the time or has to get shifts covered all the time. And I kind of told myself when I started, I'm like, the only time that I'll leave this job is if I don't have time for it anymore. Yeah. And that was great. I mean, it, you know, six months, I did it. I did my my tour. Yeah. My run. And then So what's been your what's been your calendar year like this last year? Because it's been a weird one for a lot of comedians. Mm-hmm. What what's it what what were some highlights and some some lowlights, I guess you'd say? So I mean, the highlight was January twenty twenty, right before COVID. I got to um I w- it kind of worked out perfectly. I got offered to do comedy on a rave cruise. Wow. And I mean, I wasn't going to do it because I'm like, first of all, who goes on a rave cruise? Second of all, who goes to a comedy show on a rave cruise? And I was like, you know what? This will be fun. I get to my like set time. My allotted time to do stand up was like an hour. And at this point I hadn't headlined yet, but I knew that I was about to start headlining like the following month. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know what? If there there's no better place to run an hour than on a rave cruise. It's the best. If you already have the gig, it's like you're not going to it's a cruise. You're not going to get fired while you're out out in the middle of the ocean. It's like they're going to keep working you the rest of the week and then just not use you again. So the stakes are low if you think about it that way. Yeah. So it was nice and it ended up being the most fun I've ever had and the shows were great and it like it really made me feel confident going into those headlining gigs because you know when you get like your first headlining gig you're like I can do it. Sure. There's no way. Yeah. Or like oh I can do an hour but I don't know if it's going to be funny. Yeah. I can fill the time. Yeah. But right. So I was really nervous about that and like very low confidence in myself like I don't know like I don't want to do my first headlining weekend and then have them like call my manager or agent and be like actually Allie's not that good you know. Yeah that's scary to be like to get a call like a not ready call. Yeah. Because then that, you know, obviously would mess up work in the future, but. Yeah. So it ended up being super fun. Did did the shows on the rave cruise, had a great time, and then did my first headlining weekend, tried to do my second, and during my second, after the first show, I canceled the rest of the weekend, had to come home because I heard LA was going to be on lockdown. Uh... And I didn't know what lockdown meant, so I'm like, I don't want to be stuck in Denver. Gotcha. So I just came back home and... Uh, I'm sure they're understanding that though. I mean, such sure. weird times. Yeah. And this was like right at the start. So yeah. it was very like confusing, weird time. So I just went home. But so that was like the highlight was the headlining. And then the low light was after doing one full weekend of headlining, <laughs> having COVID happen and then just being like, I guess I'll do it another time. The The last show that I did right before uh the pandemic started was it at the, the huntington beach rec room and i did like uh i had a handful of comics with me uh because i had a feeling that it was gonna be all of our last show for a while so yeah. like we packed the lineup it was like william montgomery and joel and 
and uh and Gage and CJ Landry and uh we all went down to the rec room and Williams opening line he said something like I'm not going to lie y'all I feel a little sick <laughs> and people were already like hearing about it and stuff like that because everything shut down on Monday and yeah. that show was on Saturday so like people were like <laughs> and he had to dig himself out of a huge like after people were just cheering for him so excited to see him that he immediately dug a hole and then like he got out of it immediately but it was it was so funny to watch i was that's, just dying laughing in the back that's what i love about william yeah. i mean i love pretty much everything about william but that's what i love the most is that he just like knows what he's gonna say oh yeah and he doesn't care. He does like, not care. It doesn't change based <laughs> on who's in the audience, what's going on in the world. He's like, I got to talk about Gophers too. Oh, yeah. I, I saw him. We did a show. Uh, he he was he did a guest spot on my show in Austin at uh, Vulcan Gas Company. Yeah. He just did that one. That that venue's awesome, by it's the way. It's fun. And uh, William, in the middle of his set, he was telling somebody to shut up. Like he, and then we find out he was talking to the waitress, <laughs> telling her to shut up. And the owner was like, is there a heckler or something down there? And somebody's like, I think he's talking to the waitress. <laughs> and he's just like, I'm just kidding. But seriously, your 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 orders are loud. Oh my god. <laughs> so shut up. And it was just it was it was great. William makes me feel like um like I'm a child with my alcoholic parent and I'm like, it's fine, I swear. Like he's okay. Yeah, he doesn't do this all the time. He's yeah. real, real nice. He's good. Yeah. <laughs> Trust me, he's fine. He's just a little bit loud. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it's, it's, it's very cool for me. Just, I mean, I, I've had literally nothing to do with, uh, your journey, but I've just been like somebody who is a friend who's just kind of watching along and I like seeing growth and accomplishments that are happening to good people. So it's always, it's cool to see me, to see you go, to have me see you in a different light entirely where essentially we're doing a show that is like, uh, an open mic panel kind of show, Kill Tony, where mm -hmm. you're regular. And to see you do a minute every week and to see you work on different minutes and then to piece that together and restructure it into an actual act, start hosting for people, start featuring for people. Now you're headlining. It's a pretty awesome arc to do in the last five years. So like if ever you're feeling down or whatever, like, Take a step back and take a moment and be really proud of what you've already accomplished like in this time. It's awesome. For sure. I'm very grateful. It is crazy. You have seen it all. I know. You've I seen it all. I literally like the very beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. It's kind of, it's, it, I was thinking about it before you came over today. I was like, this is probably one of my friends that like I can think of where I've seen the whole trajectory. Because you see a lot of people come in from other cities and other towns and stuff like that. Yeah. But I saw you do some of your first handfuls of sets at the comedy store, and then you weren't allowed to do sets there because they found out that you weren't old enough, yeah. which is, that's a pretty punk rock story, by the way. Pretty cool. To, to be like, uh, oh, sorry, you caught me for being too young. All right, I'll come back a little bit later. And then I came back on my birthday at midnight. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It was great. Yeah. It was great. It's so cool. Yeah. Uh, one of, um, your talents outside of, uh, being a great comedian on stage is, uh, you've got a great voice mm -hmm. and, <laughs> <laughs> uh -oh. great voice. <laughs> oh, don't even get me started. Okay. I see you. I see you. What you got over there? 
Did someone say I have a great voice? I guess. Uh, I was uh, I was I was talking to the girl that was that was actually in front of you, but you kind of jumped into the conversation. Uh, but I I guess I'll talk to you. Sure. Uh, what's your name? Um, my name's Trisha. Trisha. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um. Well, Trisha, uh, what do you say? Uh, we grab a bite to eat somewhere. Um, are you asking me on a date or something? I was thinking about it, but I'm actually starting to not feel the same way I was. The more, nothing against the way you... Um, you're toxic. You're literally gaslighting me right now. What, could you explain gaslighting for somebody who is... Oh, of course you want me to explain it to you. You know exactly what you're doing. You're literally gaslighting me right now. Could you explain to me what gaslighting is? I'm an older guy now. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Oh, yeah. You're playing dumb to get me to say something, and then you're going to say I'm crazy, and that I'm lying. Listen, I don't think that you're crazy. I don't think that you're lying. I'm trying to, to, to learn something and connect with you okay fine so what's this gaslighting term gaslighting is pretty much like the worst thing you can do and people are talking about covid being a pandemic um have you been on tinder have you been on bumble gaslighting is the biggest pandemic right now okay trisha i'm really sorry that i offended you is there anything i can do to make it up to you um next time before you talk to me say trigger warning trigger warning yeah because you're triggering me oh i'm sorry but also i've got to be honest i'm a little bit grossed out at the same time why are you grossed out i'm grossed out that you are a person that is real yeah i'm real i'm from portland you're from portland yeah my dad works at nike if you need a hookup i got you i mean that sounds enticing i'm literally wearing nike sbs right now i love their products but i will say that i don't think i could handle having a relationship with you to get to your dad of course you can't handle it because i'm a strong female um yeah i'm starting to wonder how female are you your voice is real all over the place and i don't mean to be offensive Mm, or anything my pronouns are she her and also that bitch you identify as that bitch. Yeah, I'm 100% that bitch. Okay. Uh, well, Trisha, what did, I have to know this. What did you dress up for Halloween this year? Um, let me guess. You dressed up as an indigenous person and thought it was funny and wore a headdress? That was like 10 years ago. <sighs> Whatever. Um, Do you still call year... it? So I'm guessing you don't call it Columbus Day. <sighs> Columbus, never say the C word again. I'd rather have you call me a cunt. Wait, whoa, that's the C word to you is Columbus? Yeah. (laughs) I can smell your breath from all the colonizer. Oh, you use another another C word, colonizer. (laughs) Oh, God. I'm wondering if you are possessed because are you possessed by a woke spirit? Like, or is this you all the time? Because it's pretty exhausting. I'm not possessed. I'm also a witch. I practice. Oh, you're a Wiccan? Yeah, I guess you could say that. But like, I don't know. Um, 
Did you just say I don't know? I don't know. Did you just say I don't know? <laughs> I'm asking you if you said I don't know yeah, because I don't I, know. I don't remember what I said. Because I can barely understand the consonants because you're slurring all your words it's together. Because you're not trying to understand me, and also I'm on ketamine. Oh, okay. This makes a lot more sense. Oh, whatever. Everyone does ketamine now. Wait, were you one of the people who attended Ali's headlining set on the rave comedy show on the boat? Um, maybe. I don't know. Do you remember any of Ali's jokes that night? I don't even remember what yesterday was. Well, yesterday My brain is literally fried. (laughs) Okay, well, it sounds that way. Uh, Trisha, I don't know how much longer... (laughs) Is Trisha my name? (laughs) Was it something else? It was Trisha. I just wanted to trick (laughs) you. I'm a witch. You are a witch. Why are you (laughs) tricking me? Okay, that laugh was very creepy. (laughs) It's my real laugh. I practiced it in the mirror for 12 hours one day. (sighs) I I, I don't know... how maybe it's because you're a witch that you've kept me in this conversation for as long as you can because you're fascinating. Every t- everything that I ask you, you've spun in a different direction. Yeah, because I'm a witch and I spin weaves like spiders. I mean, you do have a witch hat on with spider webs on it. So, <laughs> <laughs> Trisha, I think I'm going to have to say goodbye. Uh, I'm shocked that I even was attracted to you at the very beginning of this conversation. I don't blame you. All right. Well, I, I, I think I'm just going to I'm going to leave now. Namaste. Oh, can you? All right. Uh, goodbye. Bye. <laughs> I guess I need to oil up that uh, that arm. <laughs> the ghost of Trisha's laugh still Yeah, that's just us. that's just the end of the bit. Just yeah. like. <laughs> uh, that's a that's definitely a real. That's a real, it's a real woman person. Oh yeah, that's happening. I know them. Full woman. Yeah. Full woman. It's a nightmare. Well, what are you gonna do? Ignore them. That's what we, that's what we gotta do. That's fun. You killed it. Thank you. I'm glad that some people will lean into the effects mic, and then some people aren't comfortable with it. Man, duck the water over there. Just freaking vaping. Just killing the game. I like doing stuff. That's why I like what you do because I always get too like nervous or embarrassed to like do characters or whatever. But when I was in college, I did like my improv college team for a semester and I loved it. It was so fun. Yeah. But with stand up, it's one of those things where I'm like, I just, my brain doesn't, I get too nervous, too self-conscious. So I admire you for being able to slip in and out of characters during your stand-up uh thank you uh it's something that uh definitely had to work on for years for it to be be a more um not annoying thing yeah yeah (laughs) it's a it's a it's one of those things where if if you don't if you if you don't know how to dismount properly or get into it easily then it's just too presentational and then it, it breaks the the feeling of stand-up. You know what I mean? Stand-up well, is supposed think, to be natural. I think a lot of times when people do characters, they're focusing more on doing the character than doing the stand-up. So I think it's nice yeah. to be able to focus on the stand-up first and find a way to add the characters into that. That way the stand-up is funny as well as the characters. That's the goal. Right? That's the goal. I appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, 
I was mentioned that you have a a good voice, and um, you also are a big fan of Lady Gaga. Oh my god, I love Lady Gaga. I love her. Uh, I have a little bit of a surprise for you that I Lady thought- Gaga's here. <laughs> She just crawls from the ceiling. From the ceiling. Um, I would like to, uh, I would like to reenact, uh, a scene from uh, Star Is Born. Oh my god, I would love that. Uh, yes, I, I would love that. I couldn't even finish it. Yeah. Yes. Trisha Stop. came back. Yeah. The ghost. Yeah. Um, okay, so I uh I have a guitar behind me. Of course. And um I have a if you look underneath your table. Oh, it's like Oprah. Mm-hmm. There's some lyrics just in case you uh need a refresher. <laughs> um oh my god, there's a thousand dollars in here. Wait, what? Oh yeah, we got this. I don't Whoa! I don't need the lyrics. Come on. All right. Okay. Am I doing a filter on my voice? I don't think so. I don't think you need it. <laughs> Just wait until you hear my voice after that Jack in the Box. I mean, in uh, yeah, I think it'll be better without it. We can always add some uh, reverb or whatever. Could I just? Could I try some of these? Yeah. Okay. Go for it. Real voice. Gross. Yeah, I freaking hate my voice. Do you? Yeah. It's just like uh, I don't know. It's yeah. I don't like it. In the moment, I like it, and then if I listen to myself back singing, I'm like, this is bad. Mm, are you talking about singing voice or talking voice? Singing voice. Yeah. I've I've come to accept my talking voice. <laughs> what does that mean? I mean, I have a, such a lame talking voice. It's just, it's just a little, it's just a dry tone. It just sounds like I'm always eating like mashed potatoes or something. <laughs> like I'm just always like. <laughs> Like working through a oh. high fiber meal. You know that that saliva's going. You know what I mean. <sighs> All right, let me um let me grab this guitar. Tell me something, girl. Are you happy in this modern world? Or do you need more? Is there something else you're searching for? I'm falling In all the good times I find myself Longing for change And in the bad times I find I fear myself Tell me something, boy Aren't you tired trying to fill that void? Or do you need more? Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? I'm falling In all the good times I find myself longing for change and in the bad times i fear myself of the deep 
<laughs> Just a wig and earring. Yeah, that was real nice. That was a uh, shallow. My name is Allie, and I gotta switch my mics because I like this one a lot. Ooh, I wanna take you to church, baby, but not for God. No, 
of us were religious. So you're saying that there were no sermons on Tuesday, but you went to church on that Tuesday to get a little bit of loving outside the church and little boys doing some work on the vibes that you have. Your parents will let you go out of the house if you say you're going to church. What they don't know is after church we all get fingered in the basketball court. Now was it the kind of basketball court where they slid the rims in and the baskets connected to the floor. It was cemented basketball courts. Everything was connected to the ground the way God connects our feet to his spirit. Okay, I think I'm feeling right finally. church you go to, but you can't get baptized in a hot tub. Yeah, you can, cause I did. Please tell me that's a real story. If that's a real story, I'm going to love you. It's a real story, and the jets were turned on in the hot tub. Was it really his holy water in his hot tub? Anywhere you can think of it. Five star joke and girls keep running, running and 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 running, running run, running, running. In no context, is the disrespect. Someone to bust my rhymes, you break your neck. We got five minutes for us to disconnect from all this is so fun, man. I would play with this all day. This episode of Jeremiah Wonders is brought to you by Sheath Underwear. The homies hooking it up with that two-pouch compartment. What does that mean, Jeremiah? It means your penis goes in one hole and your balls go in like a little kangaroo pouch. And it sounds weird and it sounds awkward, but it feels amazing. Imagine a support bra for your balls and your penis. It's good stuff, guys. Also, they look, they look, they look nice. They're like they're sleek. They look designer. You know, I've got a, a white pair with gold triangles. It looks like I'm the freaking Power Ranger. The White Ranger. I mean, come on. There's so many good designs and so many different modal spandex kind of material that's just like it, it hugs you in all the right places and just makes you feel nice. It doesn't ever get itchy. You never get like sweaty or sticky because everything is separated. And if you're not into putting your penis and your balls into separate things, you don't have to wear them like that. You can just wear them like normal underwear. I do that if my penis is sometimes too cold to fit into the hole because it shrinked. Sometimes I don't even put it in there. I just wear it as normal underwear. Anyway, guys, the idea for a sheath came from U.S. Army soldier Robert Patton. 
He came up with the idea during his second tour in Iraq. Support this awesome veteran-owned company because guess what? They support me, and they're good people. And if they're able to fight in Iraq, they're able to fight for Jeremiah Wonders and his right to party and podcast. Go to sheathunderwear.com and use promo code Jeremiah to get 20% off your first order. Every order comes with Sheath Underwear's 100% money-back guarantee. That's sheathunderwear.com, promo code Jeremiah. Get Sheath Underwear and let them support your balls. Now, let's get back into this episode of Jeremiah Wonders with my pal, Ali Mikofsky. There were some, I, I'm going to say, there were some there were some moments when we were doing Shallow where I was like, really feeling the harmonies. Tell me something, girl. Yeah, it's a fun song. The Shallow always trips people up. Because they do a lot of la la laws, but did you know, I do? I might have done too many. No, you do. You do. I think the right amount of laws, but I've kind of subdued the laws. Are there supposed to be more or less? In the shallow, in the shallow. Oh, so the first time is just as. I think so. In the I don't know. I feel like that's what's great about the song the is it's open for interpretation. Shallow. You know that it wasn't supposed to be la 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 la, but they wanted to make it a little poppy for Gaga. That makes sense. Yeah. In the shallow. In the shallow. In the shallow. <laughs> you have to pretend you're getting into a very hot bathtub. In the shallow. Yeah. That's like every Alicia Keys song, too. It all sounds like you're going into a really hot bathtub. I want to. I want to get into this next segment with yeah, you. Yeah, let's get into it. It's called fanning out. Oh. Fanning out. Questions from fans. Uh, now, Allie, uh, I asked people if they could ask you any questions or give any scene or character suggestions. What would they be? Epic Good on Instagram says, "Can you beat Jeremiah and skate?" I don't know. I can you only do like to. two tricks. What are your tricks? I can do an ollie. Okay. Classic. And I can classic. do a shove it. Okay. That's about it. Okay. That's it. Okay. You we, could probably beat me in a game of skate. Probably. But not by much. Not by much. And I've been skating much longer. A sad amount of time. But I never... The problem is, is it's one of those sports where you have to stick with it all the time. Well, it's just like any other sport. You have to be consistent with it. And my consistency... Has never been there. Yeah. I started in high school, A, too late. I mean, people can do it if they, if they really stick to it, but that wasn't like my main focus. Yeah. So if, if you're, if you're kind of half-assing it that late in life, you're never going to be that good. But I know some people who started like in college and stuff that are really good, but they skated all the time. Yeah, I started skating during quarantine and I had this old board and I just kind of got back into it and... Just when you fall, I never, I'm only 25, but like when you fall, it hurts so bad and uh, I love skating. It's so fun, but it's, I'm not as passionate about it to fall and be like, this is going to make me stronger. I got to show you this. This is, do you see this? Oh. Okay. So nice this, scar. this just happened this and just I was in. so mad. Because it wasn't skateboard related. But that's where I usually would, you know, I'd get shinners and stuff like that. I, it was the most, it made me feel like such a freaking old dude. I locked the front door and uh, I didn't realize that there was a table that was 
out a little bit farther. There was the uh, it was like a newer coffee table mm. that we got, and I just slammed into it and just gashed it open, just like. It just like exploded right away because I just like walked into it so hard where I had glasses on, I had my cell phone, and I had slippers, and they all went everywhere. I just went, and I just like, my wife's like, Jeremiah, are you okay? And I I was just lying on the floor for a second. Like I fell, fell. And I was like, yeah, I'm good. I just just need a second. Don't look at me. Don't talk (laughs) to me. Just don't, just don't acknowledge that I just did this. Is This is sad i'm also like i bruise very easily like i have yeah. a big bruise on my ankle and i don't know how i got it and i just yeah i bruise it looks i look like a domestic abuse victim when i skate because i just end up with bruises everywhere yeah i feel you and then i feel like such a loser when people are like how'd you get that bruise and i'm like uh oh, skating there's like no like chill way it sounds like you're trying to do something you know what I mean? Imagine when, breaking your arm skateboarding and being horrible as a skateboarder. And also being 25, like, yeah, I just got a skate injury. I've been skating for a few months. Yeah, yeah. It is it is embarrassing. But I have insurance for another year, so I'm, I'm ready to get Capitalize injured. Capitalize on it, man. Yeah. Why not? I'm Go breaking to those skate every parts. bone. Do it, dude. Uh, at the Div Life on Instagram, when did Allie catch her first big break in comedy? Her first... I've arrived moment. I feel like my first big break was doing Kill Tony because that was the way that I was able to meet so many successful comedians who normally would never have seen me perform. Like it was a very unique opportunity where I got to perform in front of comedians that I really looked up to and respected and kind of, um, yeah, I feel like that was like the start of it all and then i think just for laughs posted a video of one of my comedy sets on their youtube and i didn't really have any expectations but then that got like i think two million views oh for stand-up that's amazing well just any video in general that's amazing but even more so for stand-up it's just harder it feels like to get views on that kind of stuff totally and it's like it's something where like if i were to have posted it on my youtube channel it wouldn't have gotten the views so i'm really glad that they were able to post it and I was able to get like traction off that because I remember like a week later I was doing a show at a bar and people came out being like, oh my God, I just saw your Just for Laughs video. Oh, sweet. So it's not like it amounted to a lot. I can't be like, and then I got to do arenas because of that. But it was something that was like very special where I was like, oh, this is like people like my comedy and like they saw it and wanted to go out of their way to come see me perform. Yeah. Um, but I feel like Kill Tony was the first thing where I feel like everything else after that has been a result of doing that. Well, what's good is you, you've you been great at uh, using momentum, which some people sometimes get stagnant and uh, you're good at parlaying energy into the next thing. That's a great asset to have. Yeah. I just, I never want to feel comfortable. Shouldn't. Yeah. Yep. Comfort is danger for mm-hmm. a comedian. I remember one time I was at the comedy store doing Kill Tony, and Tom Segura was there, and I was like, do you have any advice? Or, I don't know if I worded it that way, but I think I was just, like, talking to him, and maybe he just gave me advice, but he was like, the one thing I can tell you is, like, wherever you're living right now, whatever you're doing, like, stay there. Like, don't try and live beyond your means, or, like, try and like level up before you've made it to level up yeah that's great advice yeah 
But now I'm like, I've been in the same house for five years since I, you know, I've been in the house, the same house for five years and I have like three roommates. And so now I'm like, okay, I need to move out. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm, you know, I'm trying to find like a the, one bedroom or The first or place I had in LA, I stayed there five years. And then uh, the next place I stayed uh, where my wife and I moved in together, we were there for almost six years. And yeah. we just moved in to this place. And uh, yeah, it's just been, I like to stay put for as long as I can. I mean, yeah. we literally had to move because we have a child coming into the world where we're like, I think we need a second bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, we got to make that happen. I'm normally the opposite where I'm like always trying to move. So I think that was like a really great thing for me is like to be yeah, okay to that. with that discomfort and whatever. But now I'm like, okay, I need to move on and start kind of like a new chapter. Right. Uh, this goes off of what you were just talking about with Kill Tony. Uh, at Not Chasing Amy asks, what is Allie's favorite Kill Tony moment? Might be hard to to narrow it down, but it may be something that comes to mind off, or it could be even be a top five moment because I know that there's some cool, you know, there's a lot of cool things that have happened on that show. So many cool things. I think um, getting to do like the Kill Tony shows outside of the comedy store that was always a cool experience because I think at the comedy store we're so spoiled with like the people who attend those shows and there's a lot of like, you know, the regulars who come to watch the Kill Tony. So it's really special to see in a different city, how many people get fired up, like doing Kill Tony in San Francisco was awesome moments like that where you're like, Whoa. Cause I think at the comedy store, you're like, is this as big of a deal anywhere else? Yeah. You definitely forget for sure. Totally. So I think that was always really special. And then I think the first time I got to be on the panel was a really cool moment. And also just the intro to Kill Tony when I was, you know, introduced by Bruce Buffer. Yeah. That was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, there's so many people that would (laughs) love to have their name said by that that guy. Yeah. (laughs) And I didn't even realize how big of a deal it was when I did it until... Later, I got to go to a UFC fight in person. Yeah. Then you saw like, the electricity in person. You're like, oh. Yeah. I'm like, oh, that's so sick that he said my name. It like made me appreciate it more after the fact. Sure. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, I'm underscore only underscore Hyoman on uh, Instagram. What was your favorite Halloween costume you've ever worn? <gasps> Guy Fieri. I had shaved off all my hair and then I think like a year or two later my hair was the perfect length it was like perfect it was and because I'd been dyeing my hair blonde like my dark roots came in and then I had the blonde on the tips and I spiked it and I found the perfect glasses and I found the perfect bowling shirt and I was like a very convinced like it wasn't like a oh I'm gonna be a hot Guy Fieri it was like I want people to ask me for food recommendations (laughs) that is Guy Fieri over there yeah that's awesome I think that was like the one costume where I was like damn this is like real Halloween uh, this one comes from Brian.j.1525. Last time she pooped them pants. Oh my God. I feel like I'm about to right now after that Jack in the box. I was just thinking I'm like clenching my ass cheeks as we speak. The last time I pooped my pants was in college, <laughs> but I've definitely had some like slippery moments where you don't quite poop your pants, but you're sure. like the, something happened. Yeah. There's not a, there's not a full poop in there, but something dark has happened in the butt area. Yep. Yeah. Yep. 
Uh, Alex the nail banger says, uh, "How much money have you made off your feet?" Ah, uh, so. So what does that mean? So you know, people. You know, the foot fetish people. They're a strong community. They're a big community. They're a loving community. And um, is it like OnlyFans kind of thing? No, I mean, there's definitely like OnlyFans type of things for feet or right. whatever. But there's also like websites for foot pics and whatnot. And I, I was like, oh, why not? Why don't I try and monetize off of this as a joke? You know, because yeah. I feel like foot fetish is like. Uh, I don't know. It's it's so hack. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> You're like, is this a real thing? And they're like, oh, this is a real clientele. I feel like people were talking about it so much that it became like a parody of itself. So I'm like, oh, I might as well just play into this and like hide my feet and see if I can make money off of it as a joke, but also kind of seriously. I'm like, if there's a market for it, I'm Why not, not ashamed. Yeah. yeah. And so I made this Instagram called Only Feet Alley Mac. And um, I forgot the password, so I can't even log into it anymore. But it was a private account just for my feet pics. And if you wanted to be accepted, like if you wanted to follow the account, you had to Venmo me $50. But only like three people <gasps> like tried to, yeah, yeah. you know, paid for it. So I think I made 150 And then whoever... Whoever became a follower of that account ended up posting the pictures that I posted on WikiFeet. Oh my god! And so then I was like, I should just post foot pics, whatever, and complete 180 on the hiding the feet. So now my feet are available for viewing on Instagram and WikiFeet. <laughs> Dope. Yeah. I wish I had known or else I would have really vamped up the feet pics I was taking for the Instagram account. And what's your Instagram and your podcast? We'll we'll do some plugs now and then we'll we'll round it out with another segment or two. Okay, my Instagram is at not Ally Mac and my podcast is Resting Bitch with Allie Makovsky. Heck yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Check it out, guys. Uh let's see. Let's get I'm gonna ask another question or two. Oh, this is a lot of people were curious about this. I think because you have talked about it on a bunch of podcasts at Call Me That Don, have you had an orgasm yet? Um, not quite, but we're getting there. Almost. Yeah, we're making getting progress. There. We're making progress. There you go. Yeah, chipping away at the old woodchuck. Yeah, that's what I call my vagina, my woodchuck. Chuck. <laughs> yeah. And how much wood can it chuck? A lot, but it's not going to enjoy it. Yeah. It's not getting pleasure from getting wood. I chuck, call my but... wiener Chuck D. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine because he's a public enemy. Hello, <laughs> what's <laughs> stupid? Okay, um, let's see. Uh, underscore 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 Keith on Instagram. Uh, what's your craziest story while touring with Rogan? Going to the UFC. Um, also, oh, this is my favorite. Okay, so I was on the road with Rogan and Tony. And we were in, I don't know where we were. I want to say either like Colorado or maybe, I think we were in, I don't know. But we were going out. Joe likes to go to like, you know, get food before the show or like during the day before the show. So it's like me, him, and Tony, and we're going out to eat before uh, we head to the show and there was like a steakhouse in the hotel that we were staying at and they were completely booked up because this was the same night as like some other big event in town or maybe it was, I don't know. 
the full the whole place is packed and i'm assuming like a lot of the people who were at that steakhouse were gonna go to joe's show you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it was like that was the big event was his arena show sure so the steakhouse is full we can't get in but there's a um what's the place tilted kilt right next door which is kind of like a hooters type of place all right so it's like not great food you know it's like a gimmick restaurant where like people are dressed up there's a theme to it and joe's like a you know successful wealthy dude like um and so they wouldn't let us into the steakhouse so he's like why don't we just go to this place so we go and it was just the funniest picture like picturing joe eating a a tilted kilt and then we ended up having a great time. I forget who else was there. There were some other, some of his friends were you guys there. Guys, like, sit in a booth or that kind of thing? Just a round table. Around Everyone's table. taking pictures when we're leaving. The people sitting next to us were like, we're going to your show. We're so excited. But it's just us eating all these, like, you know, like, fried calamaris, like, just, like, bar food, essentially. Sure. And it was just the funniest because anytime, you know, I get to go out to eat with them, it's, like, very nice places. Yeah, so yeah, the fact yeah. that we were, like, a chain franchised like that's kind of cool that that people like were all like i bet they were so shocked to see you guys in there too like they're, they're, you know what i mean like they're about to go see the big show but then i felt bad because we walked in and i start laughing because it's just like it's just funny picturing joe rogan eating at a tilted kilt you know because yeah. so we're just walking in and i'm like laughing and one of the servers thought that i was laughing at her because of the, you know, like, she just thought that I was, like, making fun of her or something. So she was giving me so much attitude. I felt so bad. I was like, no, you just have to understand that this is a very weird scenario yeah. that I never saw myself being in yeah. 10 minutes ago. But it was the only place that was open. Shout out to Tilted Kilt. Shout out to Tilted Kilt, you know, and Baked Love Wings. And it's also cool because it was like, he doesn't give a fuck. He's like, I just want to get food before the show. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you do need that fuel. Oh, it doesn't yeah. matter. It's like let's just get food. Doesn't matter where. Yeah. Uh, I wanna I wanna do this last. I've prepared one more song for you because you said that um this one was karaoke go to for you. Could I do a a voice? Uh, if you want, yeah. you get and you turn it into honesty and promise 
like you're someone else Where you are and where it's at You see, you're making me laugh out When you strike your pose Take off all your preppy clothes You know you're not fooling anyone When you become somebody else Around everyone else You're watching your back like you can't relax Ali Makovsky. <laughs> Ali Levine, everybody. Related to Adam Levine, not Avril. <laughs> Maroon 5. Maroon 5. One. Last segment, we're going to round out with something that I like called Sax Talk. Oh, sax Talk. All right. Ali's going to share a story of a sexual encounter while I play some sweet, sweet sax along with her. You ready for this, Ali? I'm ready. Okay. It all started at a college house party. I was attending Cal State San Marcos in North County, San Diego. Now, when I say San Diego, you might be thinking of a beautiful beach town, but let me tell you, San Marcos, far from it. Everyone who went to that school got in. Not hard to get into. I saw service dogs on campus. I thought they were helping out the students. Turns out they were also students. The college parties weren't quite what you think of when you watch a movie about a coming-of-age story. There's a lot of Four Locos to pregame and a lot of hard drugs that you need aluminum foil to postgame. I was at a house riddled with flags everywhere from different states, different sports teams, a lot of flags. 
And that's when I met him. I wish I had his name, but I don't remember it. Doesn't matter what his name was, we went upstairs where the bathroom was and we locked the doors. When the doors were locked, the pants came off. We had sex on the bathroom floor, which was disgusting and filled with hair from the face from a lot of places. It was damp and it was dark and I was damp and he was dark. The next day, well, I guess I'll get into the sex part. We had sex. The next day, I get a text from him saying, hey, do I need to get tested? Great question, Chad, Tyler, Kyler, Skyler, Trevor, whatever your name was. You didn't use protection, and if you want to get tested, you should have. Here's the thing, I knew I didn't have anything on me because I visit the doctor regularly. Like I said, I have insurance. But I understand his confusion because... As someone who uses a dull razor blade, I had a lot of bumps on my crotch from shaving. I said to Skylar, Tyler, Trevor, Ke Kevin, whatever your name was, I said, you don't need to get tested. I don't have herpes, just a lot of ingrown hairs. The only thing you have is low self-esteem and the only thing I need is a shit quattro five blade razor and that was it now i get laser hair removal That's what I'm talking about. Those ain't herpes. Those are razor bumps, Yeah, girl. they are. <laughs> A lot of ingrown hairs. Mama's got that Russian coarse hair. <laughs> is that a thing? Russian, it is a Russian, thing. Russian coarse hair? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Learn stuff all the time. Mm -hmm. Allie, thank you so much for doing the show. Um, Man, it was great to, to see a friend in person and get to hang out and just be silly and sing and two voices it's like my favorite thing to do so. yes thanks for having me on yeah hope to hang soon